Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Hello, you're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, to join in on our discussion today would be for you to call 702-650-5588. Again, if you'd like to join in on our discussion today, you have a praise report, comment, prayer request, we'd love to hear from you, 702-650-5588 if you're in the local Las Vegas area. If you're calling outside the local Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you, and that toll-free number would be 800-366-8883. Again, if you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, like to join in on our discussion today, have a praise report, uh, have a question, comment, we'd love to hear from you, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live over KKVV's website, and their website is www.kkvv. Hello and God bless. Vernon and I just waved to you. Uh, we're also being streamed over Save the Lost at All Costs' website, and our website address is www.savethelostlv.org. All you have to do is click on to that. You'll see Listen Live. Click on to that, and you will be right where we are, and you will see us and listen and be blessed. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please go to our website. Again, that website address is www.savethelostlv.org. Select the date that you like to listen to. Uh, any date that the Holy Spirit is leading you to, please click on that as well. The gospel is always free on our watch. There's no charge to listen. There are plenty of wonderful resources up there, so I ask that you partake of them, get blessed, and tell other people about them. We're also free to listen to on iTunes as well. All our ministry broadcasts are archived on iTunes. Now, we do have a number that you can call to listen on your cell phone. And that number would be, Vernon, what would be that number, Vernon? 563-999-3194. Once again, that's 563-999-3194. The only requirement is is that you have to be in the United States in order (laughs) to use that number. If you try to call that cell number and you're outside the United States, it will not work. Uh, We are getting there, so pray for us to have an international number. It can happen, right? Amen, yes. All right. Uh, In addition to that, our call number as far as the station in the Las Vegas area is 1060 AM. That's KKVV. And it's also heard on the FM dial, which is 101.5 FM. I'd like to say hello to my dear brother in Christ, uh, the faithful man and valor 
What's going on, Brother Vernon? How I'm, are you, man of God? I'm doing great. Um, getting better every day I, through God and uh, Jesus Christ, who is my Savior. And uh, learning more and more and keeping a humble and open mind. And it was wonderful to see you thirsty. Yes, it was. And fellowship with you. Great. And it was awesome to see uh, the miracle signs and wonders that God has done for Tony's house. Amen. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, sober living home here in the community that uh, I do a weekly Bible study. Been doing it for six years, and it's just wonderful to see what God is doing and that He is really moving and uh, bringing people, you know, back from the dead. Uh, it's just a miraculous opportunity to serve and to see what He's doing. I really encourage our listeners that, you know, missions are a real big thing, and there's so many people that could uh, benefit uh, right in your own community. You don't really have to go outside your community. You can start uh, right where the need is, and uh, I love these people. I'm in relationship with them, and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, Vernon. You can't get rid of me, and (laughs) and, uh, I can't get rid of them. We are uh, in a a family, and, and I'm committed to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's awesome, and I just encourage people that it's a great time to serve. It's a great time to minister. It's a great time to love on people and to help people and and water people and watch what God can do. I'm just asking you to have the faith of a mustard seed and really, really get out there and show God that you are willing to do the work. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it smells like, just step out on faith and watch God move in your life. Amen. So that is my exhortation, and we need to get into it today. All right? All right. So, Vernon, we have a question today that uh, we are seeking the answer to. And the question is, was there a difference between Balaam and Judas? So we are going to look at the scriptures and we're going to see if there was a difference. Again, our question today is, was there a difference between Balaam and Judas? Uh, Most people are familiar when you say Judas because they remember him being one of Christ's disciples. Matter of fact, Mm -hmm. most people can remember that he was the one that portrayed Christ. So since he is the one that most people are familiar with, Vernon, you have a few scriptures that you're going to share with us about Judas, correct? Amen. And as the Holy Spirit leads you, Vernon... Okay, um, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 27. And can I ask what version we would be looking at? Uh, The New King James Version. Okay, so you said Matthew chapter 27. And we're going to start at verse 3 all the way to verse 10. All righty. So let me know when you're there. I think I'm ready for you, (laughs) Brother Vernon. Again, that's Matthew chapter 27, and we're going to look at verse 3, and we're going to go down to verse 10. Would that be correct? Amen. And starting at verse 3, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful, and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. 4. Saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. Verse 5, then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Verse 6, but the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are the price of blood. Verse 7, and they consulted together 
and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Verse 8, Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. 9, Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced. 10, And gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Wow. So we see here that Judas was Christ's betrayer. Amen. And he had been condemned and he was remorseful. And he actually betrayed Christ for 30 pieces of silver. And he wanted to go back to go the back. people that had given him the 30 pieces of silver. But what was what was remarkable here is when we look at verse 4, Brother Vernon, and what does it say in verse 4? In verse 4 it says, Saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. Vernon, they weren't in a position to forgive him. Nor were they going to intercess on his behalf. That's, that, that's, they washed their hands of it. They washed their hands of it. I think people should really, really pause right there. And what was their answer? What is that to us? Vernon, if you were to confess something to me, or if I was to confess something to you, you know what you would instruct me to do? Confess it to the Lord. Seek forgiveness of the Lord. Amen. And we would read scriptures together. I would intercess on your behalf. I know you would intercess on my behalf. This lets me know the character of the people right there. What is that to us? These were the elders of the church, Vernon. Mm -hmm. Don't be fooled, men and women of God. Just because somebody has a position and that somebody's in a church, that they care for you or even know what to do. There are a lot of people, Vernon, who are not interested in you being saved. Don't care anything about your salvation. Matter of fact, want to see you get what you deserve in their eyes. We must be very careful who we go to as a substitute. Because there is no substitute for Christ, is there, Vernon? No, there's not. What would be the next scripture that you have? The next scripture is Luke chapter 22. Okay. All right. You said Luke chapter 22. And we're going to start at verse 3. Right. To verse 6. All right. So Luke. All right. Okay. 22. That's what you said, right? Chapter 22, starting at verse 3. And we're going King down James. to verse 6, right? That's correct. I think I'm there with you, Vernon. Verse 3. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. Verse 5, And they were glad and agreed to give him money. 6, So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him 
to them in the absence of the multitude. It says Satan entered into him. And he was numbered among the twelve, which he was, was one of the twelve disciples. disciples. So he agreed to follow Christ, Amen. to serve Christ, that he believed mm-hmm. in his teachings. Mm-hmm. But we see right here, Satan entered into him. And then it said, where did he go? He didn't confer with regular people. He went immediately to the chief priests. Amen. And you see that it's plural, not singular. See the S at the end of priests? Mm-hmm. So it's more than one priest. And their rank was chief. And it says captains. captains as well. There's the leadership. And how he might betray them. So they devised a plan. And he says they were glad. And agreed to give him money. Vernon. This is amazing. Let's go on to the next scripture. The next one would be in John. So we're going to the gospel of John. Chapter 12. Okay. And we're going to go to verse 6. That's John chapter 12, verse 6. Okay. Mm-hmm. All righty. I'm All right. ready. Verse 6 says, This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. And what does Jesus say in verse 7? But Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. And verse 8? Verse 8, For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. It says in verse 6, He did not care for the poor because he was a thief. And they're talking about Judas, right? That is correct. Okay. And he had what? The money box. And he used to take what was put in it. Vernon. He was a thief from the beginning. Amen. And didn't care about the poor. Amen. But had control over the money box so that he could make change. That was his God, right? Mm -hmm. The money God. And what's the next one that you have? We're going to chapter 13. But but, but before we go there, Vernon, Mm -hmm. please forgive me. But he said, leave her alone. Because... Mary had the oil mm-hmm. that she anointed Jesus with. And we can see that if we start looking in yeah. the beginning of the mm-hmm. verses at verse right. 12, right? Right. And, and he said something so poignant. He said, this was for the day of my burial. Right. Because it was the same that was used to prepare his body once he had died. But eight, it says, for the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. The poor. The poor is always going to be with us, man of God. We should always care for the poor. 
always. This is really, really speaking to our spirit in a season called now. So let's go to the next scripture. Uh, that would be chapter 13, John, still in the book of John. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to verse 2 and then from there 18 to 26. Okay. So chapter 13, verse 2. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to jump down to verse 18. Mm-hmm. And it's in red, so that's Jesus speaking. So there's, there's Satan is always looking for that one, one, right? That's correct. And it speaks to your character. It speaks to that thing that you always want to covet. Amen. And and his thing is he wanted to covet money. Money. Because he came from privilege. Amen. And not to say that people who come from privilege cannot... Uh, care for other people, but they may have an issue with entitlement. Amen. Because sometimes when you come from privilege, you didn't necessarily work right. for what it is that you have. You didn't put any physical work into it. You just have access to it. And when you have access to certain things, sometimes you don't pay attention to the people that helped you get what it is that you are claiming you have privilege over. Amen. No humility, man of God. Amen. No humility. So let's go down to the other verses you were saying we're looking at 18 through 26. Amen. In the same chapter 13, uh, starting at 18, this is in red. That means Jesus is speaking. 18, I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. 19, now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. 20. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Verse 21. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Verse 22. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. 23. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. 24. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. 25. And leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? 26. Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Most people didn't even see that. What did Jesus say? He said, "He, it is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped dipped it. it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas, right? Iscariot, Mm -hmm. the son of Simon. 27, now after the piece Mm -hmm. of bread, Satan entered entered him. him. Then Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. And 28 says, But no one at the table knew for what reason he said this to him. But Judas did. 
And Jesus Let's look did. at 29. And 29, for some thought because Judas had the money box that Jesus has said to him, buy those things we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. 30. Having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and it was night. Wow. That is really, really... So Judas knew that he knew. Something. Oh, yeah. He knew. He, no, he knew. But the rest did but not. But the thing is, is that the prophecy had to be fulfilled. Amen. Jesus was born to die. The crucifixion had to happen so that we could be reconciled to God. Amen. And that we could have salvation. The gift. But Jesus spoke very plainly right there. And Judas did not protest, did not ask for help, did not ask for prayer, nothing. Amen. Judas at that time was about his father's business, which was Satan. Satan, Satan was inside. I think we can get a an understanding of who Judas was as far as his character. So now we need to remember the question, was there a difference between Balaam and Judas? Mm -hmm. Now, brother, we're going to go to Proverbs and we're going to start in Proverbs 12. So I want us to segue to some wisdom literature here because people need to see the Judas that may exist in them. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Because the thing that we have to remember here is that we need to be able to see some things in ourselves. So let's go to Proverbs verse, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 15. Okay, Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. See, a fool would never admit to doing anything wrong wouldn't admit to that he or she has a problem. They're wise in their own eyes. I'm right and you're not. Right. <laughs> I, I'm the boss. I'm in charge. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> wise in their own eyes. Amen. Always seek their own counsel. Not open-minded at all. Just... Love to hear their voice. They reject. I was like that. They reject <laughs> wisdom. They despise it. Always combative. And I used to get upset. You just like to hear yourself talk. So yeah, so you don't know. Well, <laughs> that's, that's me. You don't know what you're talking about. That's the old Vernon. That, that is true. And, and Vernon it's... gave his life to Christ, and, and God has been showing him and leading him ever since. But Amen. That, that's why I was laughing at that. So that was me right down to it. So let's go to Proverbs 21, verse 8. Proverbs 21. Verse 8. Verse 8. Mm-hmm. The way of a guilty man is perverse, but as for the pure, his work is right. Wow. Say that again, man. The way of a guilty man is perverse, but as for the pure, his work is right. Perverse, meaning the root word to perversion. Mm -hmm. And perversion is truly those things that are against God. Amen. Sin. Just out and out, blatant, mm. prideful, mm -hmm. 
Now let's look at Proverbs 26, 11. Proverbs 26, 11. Yes. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Can you believe that? That's unbelievable, man of God. A dog returns to his own vomit, right? And what's the second part of that? So a fool repeats his folly. What What good is vomit? What can you do with vomit? You can't do anything. The body rejected it. Mm -hmm. The sinful body rejected it. Spit it up and had no use for it. Mm -hmm. So if the sinful body rejected it, what's what can the spirit man do with that? You're not walking in the spirit, are you? No. Because you keep doing the same thing. Matter of fact, that's how you roll. That's what you like to do. Now let's go to Ecclesiastes. We're going to look at chapter 10 and we're going to look at verse 3. We're going to turn right over. I tried to keep all the wisdom literature together, Brother Werner. Mm -hmm. What chapter was that again? Chapter 10 and we're going to look at verse 3. Okay, Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Yes, and we're going to look at verse 3. three. Even when a fool walks along the way, he lacks wisdom, and he shows everyone that he is a fool. Everyone, whether you're a believer or not, he shows everyone that he's a fool. Everyone can recognize his foolish behavior. It's not a secret or a mystery to anybody. Yeah. And the important thing that we see here is that he walks along the way and he lacks wisdom. Wisdom denotes that you know who God is. Because the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of, of God. Lord. So this person totally is not recognizing God by choice and doesn't have a problem being a fool. Now everyone includes himself, right? Mm -hmm. He knows or she knows that she is a fool. Because everyone would encompass everyone. Correct? Amen. So I hope that our listeners didn't miss that. And his own steps are doing him in, man of God. His own steps, her own steps are doing them in. In the the verse, uh, the uh, fool walks along the way. Um, that part about along the way would that be in reference to the way? As far as that's what they used to call believers of Christ, those uh, that even, follow the way. The way that I mean. So even when a fool walks along the way, is that in reference to that, or is that something else that is being? The thing is, is, is their journey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if it was the way, that wasn't 
spoke of until the New Testament because those okay. were the ones that followed okay. Christ. Okay. So this uh, Christ was not has not you know come to walk the earth. Okay. So it's not referring to that. It's the way that they walk, the journey, the path that they take. Okay. So it's our everyday life. Because I was for a moment thinking if the if the fool's walking along the way and he knows the way is that and he knows he's a fool still, like in wisdom, that's more. Um, and like it's almost confusing to me, but but you're saying this happened. This is Old Testament, so right. But the thing mm-hmm. is, is that when you look at Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. it's talking to the ecclesia, the called out ones, the assembly. Okay. So you know Solomon is a wise king, and this is what he's written. So the thing is, is that nobody is not enlightened to the fact then, of what the subject matter is okay. and who the subject is. So they're aware of it. So they're, they, they are very much aware. So if they're being a fool uh, and they're aware and they know, and, and everyone, they know that oh, themselves def- included. They, they definitely okay. know that. It's, it's not, it's not a mystery. It's not, it's to, it's not, not a mystery. It's to not them. like they don't know. No, it's they, not like okay. they don't know. Okay. This is what they choose to do. Right. That's where we're back to and, that choice. And he lacks wisdom. See, the thing is, is that wisdom can only come from God. There's Amen. no such thing as a, a, a wise man, per se. Okay. Because you're not wise in and of yourself. Okay. The gift of wisdom comes from God. Amen. And when we studied Ecclesiastes chapter 2, that's what Solomon was talking about. He said, you know, I built these things. I did all this stuff. And then he said, I come to the realization, basically, I hated life. Because it wasn't about God what I was doing. Amen. He talked about all the things that he amassed. He said he was more wiser than any of those that had came before him. But he understood that wisdom came from God. Even when he was out there not denying himself any pleasure. He still understood that the gift of wisdom came from God. But it was his choice as to how he was going to use it. Amen. See, and because... He could admit that he was not wise in his decisions. It wasn't God's issue. It was his issue. You cannot be forgiven for a sin if you do not acknowledge the sin. The fool does not acknowledge his sin. He loves his pleasures. He loves his decisions. He loves his sports. He loves all the things that he does. It has nothing to do with obedience. It has nothing to do with honor. It has nothing to do with respecting who God is. God is not a liar. What weapon do you have against God? What good is going to come to you to deny who God is? It's foolish and it leads to death and destruction. Oh, yes, they're quite aware, Brother Vernon. Mm-hmm. So let's look at Matthew 7, and we're going to look at verses 15 through 20, and then we're going to look at Luke, and then we're going to get to Balaam. But I want people to start looking at themselves, and let's start doing some examination here. And these scriptures should speak mightily to you where you are in your life. Yes, Matthew chapter 7, starting with what verse again? Verses 15 through 20, please. Okay. Verse 15, beware of false prophets 
who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. 16. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? 17. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. 18. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 20. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Now let's look at Luke chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 43 through 45. Again, Luke chapter 6, we're going to look at verses 43 through 45. Okay, Luke chapter 6, starting at verse 43. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. 44. For every tree is known by its own fruit, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. 45. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Remember we've been talking about the heart? Yeah, that was, yeah, just, yeah. Last we talked week, about, right. right. The the unresponsive heart, mm-hmm. the impulsive heart, the preoccupied heart, and the responsive heart. So it still comes back to the heart. So they know, Brother Vernon, would that answer your question if they know or not? Yes. Oh, they know because it's a choice that they make. And a bramble bush is a bush that's full of thorns. Amen. It's, it's, it, it hurts. So a, a, a thorny heart, a hardened heart. Amen. Amen. So we have seen that a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Amen. And a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So again, they know. So now that we have gotten our minds totally open, let's look at Balaam. Because again, the question we asked, was there a difference between Balaam and Judas? So we're going to look at Balaam. But we need to give you some backdrop. So let's go to Genesis 19 and let's look at verses 30 through 38. We're going to go all the way to the front, brother, Mm -hmm. because this is going to start making sense to you how I'm going to tie Balaam into this. So stay with me. But I think a lot of people, uh, when they're studying, uh, could benefit by going back to the Genesis of something before they get to what it is, the meat of it, because it's very important. And you will see how God moves and has always moved. Amen. So let's look at Genesis chapter 19 and let's look at verses 30 through 38. Okay, Genesis 19, verse 30. Then Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him, for he was afraid to dwell in Zoar. And he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. 31. Now the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man on the earth to come into us, as is the custom of all the earth. 32. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage lineage of our father. Verse 33. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and laid with her father. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. 
34. It happened on the next day that the firstborn said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight also, and you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. Verse 35. Then they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. 36. Thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. 37. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab, and he is the father of the Moabites to this day. 38. And the younger she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami, and he is the father of the people of Ammon to this day. See? Now we're going to see how they play into it. Now this is the genesis of those two the groups of people. Mm -hmm. Correct? Amen. Now let's go to Deuteronomy. And we're going to go to chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 9 and verses 17 through 19. Okay? okay and this is in chapter 2. Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 9. Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor contend with them in battle, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I had given Ah to the descendants of Lot as a possession. What and does it say right there? It said, Do not bother them, correct? Right. Do not contend with them. Right. This is God speaking. Right. They were already protected Amen. because they were descendants of Lot. Mm. Now, Lot was saved out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. Now, he did not go into his daughters. His daughters went, went into, into him. him. See, God is a just God. He understands who is pl who the players are and what their hearts are. Amen. Are you understanding Amen. where we're going with this? Yes. Good. I'm so glad you let me go to the genesis of this thing before <laughs> okay. we look at Balaam. Now, let's look at verses 17 through 19. Verse, verse 17 of this chapter 2. That the Lord spoke to me, saying, 18. This day you are to cross over to Ar, at Ar, the boundary of Moab. 19. And when you come near the people of Ammon, do not harass them or meddle with them. For I will not give you any of the land of the people of Ammon has a possession because I have given it to the descendants of Lot has a possession. See that? What God got for you, God got for you. Amen. Yes. Gave instruction. Do not touch them. Do not bother them. You have land. You cannot have their land, nor should you be interested in it because I've already given it to the descendants of Lot. It is their possession. Amen. You cannot take the accursed thing. Now, let's go over to Numbers 22, and we're looking at verses 4 through 6. This is getting good, isn't it, Brother Vernon? Mm -hmm. Oh, going the other way. Okay, yeah. Numbers 22. Yes, let's go back to Numbers. Okay. All right. Verses. We want to look at verses, I mean, chapter 22, mm -hmm. we want to look at verses 4 through 6. 4 through 6. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, Numbers chapter 22, starting at verse 4. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. Verse 5. Then he sent messengers to Balaam, Balaam, 
the son of Beor, at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Verse 6, Therefore, please come at once. Curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. Okay, so let's go look at verse 4. Read verse 4 again. Verse 4, So Moab said to the elders of Midian, now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. And now, now go ahead. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. Okay, so the thing is, this is not a national security issue. This is a greed issue. They're concerned about ox and mm-hmm. grass. Mm-hmm. Did they say anything about being destroyed? Nope. Did they say they were going to take our women? They were going to take our children? Did it say they were going to destroy their gods or anything like that? It comes down to stuff, Brother Vernon. Amen. They were afraid about their stuff. But when we looked in Genesis and we looked at Deuteronomy, God Bless these people because they were related to the house of Israel. They were related by blood and God cut out something for them. Amen. And told his people, do not touch them. Do not bother them. I have this for them. And we understand Lot and his relationship to Abraham. When God gave Abraham the command, he just said for he and his wife to go. Lot being his nephew said he was going. Mm -hmm. We laugh sometimes and say people get a lot blessing. They get a lot (laughs) blessing just for being there. Amen. The blessing wasn't even his. It was Abraham's. Abraham is known as the father of all nations. Lot isn't. Right. Lot's down in Sodom and Gomorrah getting in all kinds of trouble. But Abraham intercessed for Lot and cared so much about him Mm -hmm. and asked God, are you the kind of God that would destroy the righteous and the wicked together? And God said, well, you can find 50. I'll save them all. Mm -hmm. Well, he knew that didn't exist. Right. So he, he got God to say, you know, 10, would you say? And God said, yes, if you can find 10, I'll save them all. Lot was one that was saved. Amen. Because God is who he says he is. And when God says who he is, he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Oh, so nice. this king summons Balaam mm-hmm. and says, because when you curse people, mm-hmm. they're cursed. Amen. And when you bless people. You are blessed. Amen. So, Balaam is a person that's recognized as a diviner, as a soothsayer. He's recognized 
for someone that you can pay money to to get something done. Here's that money thing again, right? Mm-hmm. So let me tell you something that's going to blow your mind. We're going to go to Second Peter. And we're going to look a little bit about the character of Balaam. We're going to look at Second Peter. We're going to look at verses, I mean, chapter 2, verses 11 through 16. So we're in Second Peter. We're going to chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 11 through 16. It didn't turn out good for Balaam. Okay. I can tell you guys that right now. So we're looking at Second, Second Peter. Peter. We're looking at chapter 2, and we're looking at verses 11 through 16. Okay, once again, Second Peter... Starting at verse 11, chapter 2. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Verse 12. Mm -hmm. But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption. Verse 13, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. Verse 14, have an eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. Verse 15, they have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. 16, and he was rebuked for his iniquity, a dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. Wow. You see that? The wages of unrighteousness. And who does he entice, brother? Read verse 14. What kind of people is he enticing? Unstable souls. Go Fourteen, ahead and having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. Now let's go down to Revelation chapter two, and we're going to look at verse fourteen, because I want people to understand the character of Balaam. And this is going to be Jesus speaking. Amen. 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 So we're going to look at chapter 2 and we're going to look at verse 14. Okay. Revelation chapter 2 verse 14. But I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things, sacrifice to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. See, the thing is, is that when we go back to numbers and you start studying and reading, Balaam mm -hmm. could not curse the house of Israel because they were a blessed people. God told him not to do it. And God even used one of his angels to stop Balaam from trying to do it. And Balaam even remarked to the king of Moab that uh, he couldn't curse the people mm -hmm. 
because he couldn't say what God would not allow him to say. Amen. So when we look at chapter 25 of Numbers, I want you to read a couple of verses and see what's going on here. Okay. But what Balaam did do is he instructed the king of Moab to have his women go into with the men of the house of Israel and seduce them. And they started carousing with them. Mm-hmm. Started doing sexual immoral acts with them to where they became totally defenseless drinking and guess what it did not turn out good for them for wages Mm -hmm. he did this for money he did this for self promotion this is what Balaam did and God warmed him Several times, like I said, sent an angel, used a donkey. So mm-hmm. let's look and see what happened. We're in verse 25 of Numbers. Chapter? Chapter 25. Okay. I apologize. All We're right. in chapter 25. And just start reading, man of God. Okay, chapter 25. Uh, now Israel remained in Acacia Grove. The Acacia Grove. Acacia Grove. And the people began to commit harlotry uh-huh. with the women of Moab. Verse 2, they invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. Verse 3, so Israel was joined to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Verse 4, then the Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. Verse 5, so Moses said to the judges of Israel, Every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal of Peor. Verse 6, and indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Verse 7, and now when Phinehas the son of Elazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it. He rose from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. Verse 8, And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. Verse 9, And those who died in the plague were 24,000. Verse 10, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Verse 11, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel because he was zealous with my zeal among them so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. Verse 12, therefore say, behold, I give to him my covenant of peace, 13, and it shall be to him and his descendants after him a covenant of an everlasting priesthood because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the children of Israel. Okay, so let's stop right there. So what is the difference, man of God, between Balaam and Judas? It really isn't. It isn't. It really isn't. I would agree with you. And the true sin is when we don't admit the sin. 
And when we don't admit the sin, we cannot be forgiven for the sin. Amen. And who will advocate for us before the Lord, our God? Jesus is our advocate. What do you do to him when you do not admit the sin? How can he go to the Father on your behalf? How can you have forgiveness? How can you partake in the gift of repentance? We must root out the Balaam that's in our hearts. We must root out the Judas that is in our heart. And the thing is, is that when you're so concerned about things, Mm -hmm. it weakens you. It blinds you. And you have no defense. And you start justifying your behavior. So if you have a spirit of poverty in you, you need to really check that spirit. And go to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to remove that. Because it's clouding your judgment. It's clouding your thinking. If you're in a church where they have a spirit of poverty... And it's always about lack. It's always about getting and hustling and money. And certain people are coming up where everybody else is staying the same. Something is wrong with that. You must be able to see the difference. God will not be mocked. Amen. There are certain things he does not honor. And when you disobey his word. Then there's consequences. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the word that we discussed today and discussion that we had has blessed you mightily and that you will go to the Lord in prayer and you will ask him to root out any resemblance of Balaam or Judas in your life. In the house where you worship. In your children's lives. In your grandchildren's lives. We must seek forgiveness and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ in all things. And remember to save the lost at all costs. We love you and God bless. Amen. It is our humble prayer that the most high God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas his very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. 
All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.